We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the VM NBA show brought to you by the good folks over at Veterans Minimum. Also brought to you by the most electrifying backcourt in all of podcasting. Lamb sure. here at the Lamb Show on Twitter. And my guy, my uh, backcourt mate. Imp, would you say you're more offensive or defensive when we're talking? You know, because you know how I like that one two punch of a defensive minded with an I'm offensive too- mind. I'm a two. I'm a two-way player, man. That's what I do. I Damn, play you're like Clay? I, yeah. Okay. Okay. What's I going on, man? How, how are you? How are you today? Happy Wednesday, man. Happy Wednesday. Last day of the NBA regular season, and we're kind of trapped over here. And we were talking about yeah. it before we started recording. How yep. this should be where we give you folks, the lovely listeners of Veterans Minimum, the NBA playoff preview, but we can't. Because from our knowledge, it seems like there's only one matchup that we can really preview. Yep. Everything else is up for grabs, especially like in the six, seven, eight range in the east. And then that mid tier from like anywhere from two to seven is available in the Western Conference. So for the most part, we're kind of just gonna shoot the shit on this one. We have some interesting topics here. And uh I think what we should start off with is the bombshell. The bombshell la- late last night, right before their game against the Portland Trailblazers. <sighs> Tell us what happened in Lakerland, man. All right. So basically, Magic Johnson, uh, during an impromptu press conference, um, pretty much just like resigned uh, from the Lakers, which is kind of nuts considering 
all of the hype and momentum, uh, you know, going into the season and you know, going into the offseason. Granted, they've been really hurt, uh, you know, pretty much a train wreck of a season this year, although they were pretty decent um, before they all got hurt. But at the end of the day, uh, definitely a disaster season for the Lakers. Um, and yeah, uh, Magic Johnson resigned. Um, Rob Palinka, the GM, is still there. Luke Walton, the head coach, is still there, although he's expected to get fired. That is Luke Walton. Uh, Rob Palinka, uh, Kobe Bryant's former agent, who's the GM now, uh, kind of um, in this weird area, weird gray area, because the guy that hired him is no longer there. And so it's never, it's never, you know, never a recipe for success when you have a GM that's hired by a president of operations and then that president leaves. It's kind of like if you bring in somebody else, he may want his own guy. And then the same goes for the coach. And Luke Walton was brought in before uh, Magic even got there. So it's, it's, it's a huge mess in Lakerland, right? Without a doubt. Um, and so I really don't know what to make of it. I think there's something going on behind the scenes. But LeBron stands strong. Uh, LeBron, you know, is supporting Jeannie Buss and the Lakers organization as he should. Uh, I just wonder if he regrets not signing that uh, two-year uh, player option deal. I think that was more the reason why he didn't sign that two-year deal or that one-year opt-in, opt-out thing is I feel like He's been answering those questions about his future every year for like the last four or five years where he kind of just wants to get at least that question in every interview out the way where now he's locked in with the Lakers unless they trade him. Fun fact, at this very moment in the NBA, no player has a no trade clause. So if a team wants to get rid of someone, it's not one of those things where like Carmelo was able to, he had a no trade clause in. And it's like, yeah, you're making 25 per year, but also you have the right to say where you want to play. So there's no there's no team that no guy has that. So who would what odds would I have had to given you imp that the fall guy would have been Magic Johnson and like Luke Walton would still be there cuz I think that's the craziest thing. I see the thing I see I don't consider Magic Johnson the fall guy like when you're a fall guy you get fired. Magic Johnson resigned. Mm. Are you are you suggesting maybe there was pressure on him to resign because I don't think that's the case. I think it really slapped everyone in the face and it came out of nowhere. What I think is really happening behind the scenes is Magic knows no one's going to sign here in the off season. And so he's like, "Look, I want to just get out of this before it even blows up in my face." Um and you know, get out of this thing while I'm ahead um because you know, they were supposed to land someone last offseason. They didn't. And they brought on a bunch of guys on one-year deals. And then they were supposed to trade for Anthony Davis. That never happened. Maybe he just honestly thinks that, you know, they're not going to bring anyone over in free agency. And, and and if that's the case, it's a huge disaster, as I mentioned before. And think about this. Magic Johnson traded D'Angelo Russell from the Lakers to the Nets in a salary cap dump uh, because he, uh, quote, unquote, because he needed a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this guy steps away from the organization without telling anybody uh, during an impromptu press conference, as I mentioned, before the regular season finale. So uh, when you think about that, you take a step back and you think about that. Who's really the leader here? Um, he made some terrible decisions as well. Um, he didn't resign Brooke Lopez, who's killing in Milwaukee right now. Um, and also there's like rumblings around the league that uh, Magic wanted to draft De'Aaron Fox. Uh, and they actually forced his hand to draft Lonzo Ball. So there's a lot of there's a lot of you know there's a lot of uh, chatter going on right now behind the scenes. Um, and and just keep your eye out on David Griffin, uh, a former GM of the Cavs who helped build that uh, LeBron James uh, Cavaliers championship team a couple years ago. He is 
uh, you know, he's definitely available at the moment. Um, so, you know, keep your eye out on uh, on David Griffin. Um, oh, and he could have re-signed Julius Randle. Huge mistake as well. He didn't re-sign Julius Randle, I thought. Um, got, a, got a really cheap deal with the Pelicans, and he played pretty well. So, I don't know what to make of it. I just think he, I just think he had a hunch that no one was coming, and, and, and he wanted to get out quick. That could be it. As far as De'Aaron Fox goes, I mean, I really like De'Aaron Fox coming out of Kentucky, but I don't feel like you could put that on on Magic. You know what? Like, I'm, it's easy to say now, but yo, Lonzo, when he plays and he's healthy, he's not trash. No, no, and I'm not saying that it was the wrong pick. I'm just saying like these are the things that are coming out now that Magic wanted to draft De'Aaron Fox, and he they didn't let him draft De'Aaron Fox. So it's like it's like. You kind of all of these things kind of get like you know brought to the surface after the fact. I'm not saying that he shouldn't have drafted Lonzo Ball. I'm just saying he didn't want to draft Lonzo Ball and was forced to. Mm-hmm. Um, so super interesting. I I don't know what to make of it, but there's definitely drama out in Lakerland without a doubt. Yo, you know what's not fair, man? And I feel like a lot of people are not talking about this. Prior to all these injuries taking place with LeBron, with Lonzo, and yo, prayers up to Brandon Ingram because. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some reports that I've been reading that, you know, a lot of teams are not interested in him now until they find out what his status is going to be because he has a blood clot. Look, that mm-hmm. ended Chris Bosh's career for the most yep. part. So hopefully he's all right because he was coming along too, right? You have yeah. Kuzma yep. also, and they were the fourth seed until Braun got hurt and Lonzo got hurt. They were on pace for 50 wins even. Mm-hmm. So... It just so happened that they all got hurt, and it was all key players. Look, any starting five, if you lose three of your guys in your starting five, even the Warriors, man, for as great as the Warriors are, if if Clay, Curry, and Durant were to miss time, guess what? They'd suffer also. If you take a look at it, it's funny. Like I saw a graphic. It was like the starting lineup at the beginning of the season and the starting lineup at the end of the season. It's like it's like Rondo, Ingram, Caldwell, Pope, LeBron. Uh, and then at the end of the season, it's like Caruso and all these crazy kind of cast-offs and, 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 and D-leaguers um, and, and bench players. So, like, you, you hit it on the head, man. They got hurt. They were probably close to a top-five defense in the league um, before Lonzo got hurt and before the rest of those guys got hurt. So, it's unfortunate. I'm just really curious to see what's going to happen next because, like I said, they're going to have to bring in a new kind of, uh, you know, you know president of basketball operations. They're going to have to bring in a new head coach because there's no way Luke Walton survives. And so there's going to be a lot of turnover. And and the one good thing, you know, that you can kind of, you know, hang your hat on is is the fact that they have tons of cap space or a decent amount of cap space. And so, you know, they, they're going to have maybe, a, you know, they're going to have a decent pick in the first round without a doubt. Um, so, you know, hopefully they get lucky in the lottery, you know, maybe trade that first round pick for, for an established star. Who knows? But... You can't waste these next three years of LeBron James. Everybody knew this first season was going to be a wash once they didn't really sign anybody. Um, but everyone, you know, you know, put all their chips, you know, towards the center for these last three. So it's really interesting. To, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by what's going on. Yo, they're in a weird spot because they kind of have to win now because yes. of LeBron. But a doubt. all their important players outside of him are like 25 and under. Yep. So they're at a they're in a weird position right now because. I do think that LeBron – yo, this is going to be the first summer this dude isn't playing in, like, nine years. Yep. Right? He's not going to be playing in April. So think about it. April, May, June. He's been going to the finals every single year for the last eight years. He's playing until, like, June 20th, June 21st. 
So he's going to have two extra months, man. I, I do think going forward, they're going to be fine. They do need that other guy to come in. Yeah. The last thing I want to say, though, on here, and feel free to, to add on more. Um, they really dropped the ball on all the guys that they let go, and the return that they got for them was nothing. And what I mean by return is the guys they opted to choose over the guys that let go, right? It was funny that one of the reports came out that Magic Johnson said, wow, D'Angelo Russell has really matured. No shit. When you had him, he was 20. Yeah. Bro, we're still immature, and I'm 28. You're 27. You know 26. what I'm saying? 26. Yeah, 7-11 coming up soon. But it's like, yo, obviously this kid just got thrown millions of dollars, and he's 20 years old. He was a number. He was a top three pick in the draft. He's going to be immature. You don't give up on those guys. I sound like a broken record. I always say that. And then uh, Julius Randle, too. You let him walk. And honestly, looking at it now, like that contract wasn't even that bad. It's not like he signed the max. Oh, it was like $18 million for two years, I think. And it was probably a team option in the second year. I think it was like, oh, it was like I think they're only tied to him for $9 million this year. And then they could let him go if they want. It's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like you said, they made a lot of bad moves. It's always it's easier to say in hindsight, but like they really didn't get much for D'Angelo Russell. I think it was a cap, it was a cap dump. Um, and so, and now he, you know, he, he's in discussions for most improved all-star guy. Um, they could definitely use him right now. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do in the offseason, man. I, it, it's such an interesting scenario, too, because, like, do you want to go to the Lakers right now? Granted, you know, LeBron's there, but at the same time, you hear the report earlier in the season that KD says playing with LeBron's toxic. Not necessarily playing with LeBron, but the idea of, like, the media always criticizing you and, and, and there being tons of press like that, that kind of an environment is toxic. And so it just seems like there's a, it's a big mess in Lakerland right now. And, and at the end of the day, man, the Clippers have tons of cap space and they're a team that's making the playoffs and they have space for two max free agents. So it's like, look, man, if you want LA, man, take a look at the guys down the road. So it's really interesting. And one of the reasons why you do the cap, the you do the salary dump with D'Angelo Russell is to get one of those guys in free agency and you don't get Paul George to come, you don't get Jimmy Butler to come. The Anthony Davis thing ever I think really was the be all end all of the Lakers season because they of the distractions. It they handled yeah. it terribly. The the yeah. entire situation. Now was it LeBron's people that planted that seed? Who knows? We'll never know. Maybe eventually there'll be like a thirty for thirty on like this Lakers season. Well Yo, LeBron LeBron's people are Anthony Davis's people. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I'm saying, like, was it was it the ma- was it Magic's camp? Was it uh, Palinka? Was it like Lakers beat writers? You know, if something leaks out, it's because people want to hear it. Typically, people want it to be out there. Typically speaking, when whenever you're trying to figure out who the leak is, chances are it's the person who benefits from said leak is the one who leaked it. So, if I had to guess, it would probably be Anthony Davis's people, who are in turn LeBron's people. You know. Um, and, and it wound up biting them in the ass because the Pelicans played it smart. They said, nah, we don't have to trade this guy at all. We don't really want what you're giving us. And so, you know, we'll, we'll kind of reevaluate this in the offseason when we know what pick you're going to have in the first round. And we know, you know, how you guys are going to look at the end of the season. And now, look, imagine if they would have traded for Brandon Ingram. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. Let's, uh, let's do a little um... – Let's t- turn back the clock a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this next segment right here, guys, we're going to pay homage <laughs> to two guys that hey, – when did you really start getting into basketball, like hardcore? Because I think these two guys were either entering their prime or they were definitely in the league when, when I started. But these are two guys that are staples of my fandom as an NBA fan. 
I'd say like early like mid two thousands ish maybe like two thousand eight two thousand like getting really like, really getting into it two thousand eight two thousand seven two thousand nine like something somewhere around there because I remember when LeBron was a rookie which was two thousand and three, um, and then I, I it's it's funny like the the way I kind of think of basketball it's crazy it's like like LeBron's career in a sense like I remember when LeBron got drafted. I remember some of his title runs in Cleveland. I remember when he went to the Heat. So, like, I guess, you know, LeBron is our Jordan, you know? And so yeah. I, I kind of put my, you know, my basketball. You, you line it up with his career. I lined it up with LeBron's career, yeah. So, like, those first couple of years in Cleveland when they were, when, when, when they turned it around was probably when I stopped, when I started really watching basketball. And then I was kind of all in um, – close to when LeBron made that decision because oh, there were all of the rumblings that he was going to go to the Knicks or <laughs> more like whispers. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, like around that time. So 2008, 2007, 2009 or around that time. All right. So the guys that we're talking about, as you guys saw in the title of the show, it's uh, Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade. Both of these gentlemen on Tuesday played their last games in their respected hometowns. Yep. One being Miami, one being Dallas. Um, both of those guys, now I know Dirk, 21 years with the same team. Let me tell you something, man. I think if you have to pick a guy in the NBA right now that you you say would be a lifer, who would you be? Because there's a lot of player movement nowadays, man. It's, it's yeah. the era of player empowerment. LeBron really opened up the door saying, yo, man, I don't need to stay in one place my whole career. He's been on three different teams, right? It seems like Durant is going to be on his third different team uh, mm-hmm. come this summer. Uh, Kyrie's on two different teams. He might be on his third different team. You know, Anthony Davis, he might be out the door, you know. So what guy would you pick in the NBA that you could see being a lifer? I have one guy in, in mind. Let me hear yours. I, I kind of want to say Russell Westbrook. Mm, I didn't because, have Russ, but I hear you. And, and, and the reason I say Russell Westbrook is because of, of what KD actually did, like – Right, like it was Russ and KD. KD leaves and Russ re-ups, and Russ is like, "I'm, I'm, I'm a Thunder. I'm a OKC Thunder." Um, and so I feel like he's a really loyal guy. Um, and I just, I mean, that's the only one that kind of really comes to mind is is Russell Westbrook as one guy that can stay on one for stay with one franchise for his entire career. Um, I mean, Damian Lillard talks about it all the time. That, that was won- my pick. Damian Lillard was your pick? That's Dame cool. Dame is super outspoken. Now, granted, there's been tweets of uh, Kevin Durant that have surfaced back in, like, 2010, and he's like, yo, man, joining a super team is trash and yada yada and whatnot. But I would pick Damian Lillard. It seems like he's really embraced the culture and the community in Portland. Yeah. Uh, he says how he wants to win in Portland. He's re-upped with them, too. We'll get to a segment to close out the show where, you know, based on whether or not he makes an all-NBA team, he might not leave uh, Portland because you're looking at the the All NBA boost that gets put into your salary too. Um, yeah, I would I would pick Damian Lillard. Another guy that I was thinking about, man, is uh, Steph Curry. I feel so, like Curry could be a lifer with Golden State. The problem with Curry and Golden State is I kind of feel like he may go to Charlotte at the end of his career. Born and raised in Charlotte, his dad. Born and raised there. in Charlotte, you know, like he has ties there. Although, if you ask me, one of the three from Golden State will probably stay there their entire career. Not sure which one. It could be Steph, it could be Clay, it could be Draymond, but I think one of the three will stay, you know, for their entire career. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't force it right now. Um, those are the those are the guys that come to mind. Um, you know, you think of like Joel Embiid, although he's really young, he kind of embodies, you know, Philly. what he embodies Philly. He is the process. Um, so maybe there's a situation <laughs> where uh, Embiid stays there for his entire career, but it's way too soon to tell because Joel Embiid's so damn young. Um, so you know, we'll definitely see, man. We'll definitely see. So Dirk, 21 years with the same team, man. Yeah, I don't know if we'll ever see that again. I, I doubt we'll ever see that again. And, I think and, all and time. It's not, it's not only staying with the same team, but it's the longevity of 21 years in the league. You know, that's it's it's, it's something else. And he had he had, all right. So let, let's start off with Dirk, right? He had a very very interesting career, right? Where you know he slips in the draft. He was in the 98 draft, I believe, as I just fact checked that right now. Um, he was he really is. I think he's top 20 all time, Imp. Yeah, and as far as impact goes on the game of basketball, when your team drafts a Euro guy now, the who's the first comparison? Dirk. He, uh, I don't think it's even close. He's the best European player of all time, or best international player of all time, in my opinion. Um, and I don't think it's close, right? That's fair. I, I know the one guy that I've been uh, hearing a lot about when this conversation comes up, so I'm cheating a little bit. Is Olajuwon? Okay. But also, also, I have a counter to that, which I haven't really heard. Dude, he played college basketball, Elijah Wan. So, like, granted, he was... More polished when he came in. Yeah, but he was also, like, accustomed to the American style of basketball, where, like, Dirk was a <laughs> legit Euro guy. So, I know in the past, I, I think it's a it's a pretty cool episode that we did. We did uh, Manu Ginobili versus Dirk Nowitzki. I think that's a pretty cool one. But, you know, let's just read some of these accomplishments here. NBA champion in 2011, NBA Finals MVP, most valuable player in 07, 14-time All-Star, All-NBA first-teamer, four times, five times second-teamer, three-time All-NBA third-teamer. He was part of the 50-40-90 club, one of the first to do it. 50-40-90 is when a player shoots 50% from the field on field goals, 40% from threes, 90% from free throws. Um and 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 really quickly to just jump in for a second, he also is a um, he changed the game of basketball in the sense of he's probably the best stretch big, one of the first stretch bigs. Yeah, so that that didn't really exist before Dirk, you know. And now, think about how the NBA game has changed. It's modern. It's there's tons of shooting. The floor is spaced. Dirk is one of those OGs of 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 the stretch big. Um, He's and, not. He's not one of. I think he's the OG. He is of, the OG. Yeah. Where in the past it was like, oh shit, you're six ten, back to the basket. You're gonna grab boards and that's it. And it's like, no, nah, this seven, this seven footer is the best shooter in the league. One thing about Dirk, also no drama ever. No drama regarding Dirk ever. Like you said, loyal to his team, n- never involved in any bullshit. Never, you know, the towards the end of his career, taking less money so that the Mavericks could um, spend elsewhere. Just like, just like, just a classic gentleman, you know, through and through. And like I said, he changed the game. And like you said, he's a 50, 40, 90 guy that, that you know, Steph Curry's all over that now. Um, but think about that. That's something that Steph Curry's doing year over year. But that's something that a big man um, from Germany did. And so I also recommend um, everybody to watch the, uh, I think it's on Netflix. There's a documentary on, on Dirk Nowitzki's jump shot. Uh-huh. He has that super duper floater, high arcing jump shot. And supposedly like he helped that, you know, he, that, that was developed 
uh, with him and one of his coaches overseas. Super interesting documentary. I forget the name of it, um, but, but check that out. Dude, Dirk is unguardable, whether he's in the post, fading you away, jab step, uh, catch and shoot, just like so many different ways that he could get you. Um, and so, yeah, just I, I can talk all day about Dirk, to be honest with you. Well, I, I really want to stay with him because I feel like he had such a fascinating career where one title really changed he has to be in my top five of guys that won a championship, and my entire opinion of him changed, right? All right, let's go back. They were always running into the Spurs in the playoffs in the early 2000s and whatnot. I remember he had Steve Nash with him, too, and they had some really good teams over in Mavericks, uh, over in the Mavericks. Um, you know, famously, they lose this series after being up 2-0 to the Miami Heat in 2006. Then the next year after, he wins MVP, and the Golden State Warriors, the We Believe Warriors, they beat them as an eight seed. Yep. Right. This was a team that I believe, I believe, and I want to fact check that the Mavericks won sixty games that year. Imp. Yeah. And Crazy. I remember watching in the regular season because that team was really fun to watch. That Warriors team, they were sorry. So they were fifty one and thirty one. Oh no no no, that's not the year. Sorry, that's uh, that's the year before. Um. Ah, uh, hold on. Let's just check this one real quick. So the Mavericks. Were, they were the one seed. They lose 4-2. They were 67-15. and 15, That's a lot of wins. 06, 67 07. wins. He was the MVP of the league that year. They get bounced in the first round to an eight seed. Yeah. Then his career kind of, like, you know, it kind of just stays stale. Like, he's still doing his thing. He's still a top player in the league and whatnot. But then it's like, yo, what the hell is happening with him, right? And then they build that team around him against the Heat where it was the first – and I think the was, only team that really won a championship with just one superstar. Yeah, that was the Tyson Chandler season. And uh, I forget who said it. I think it was – I don't. I, I can't recall. I think Jason Kidd was on that championship team too. Uh, and he was on the record I think a couple of weeks ago where he was like, look, we would have re-signed Tyson Chandler that season and brought back some guys the following season after we won the championship. He was confident they could have won another ring back-to-back, but they couldn't pay Tyson Chandler. That was the year that he actually took the big deal from the Knicks. Um and there were just some guys that they kind of couldn't bring back, but I remember Jason Kidd on the record saying like if they could if they had the opportunity to bring those guys back, he was very confident that they would have won another one. So who would have knows? Dirk with two rings, um, that definitely creeps him up the totem pole a bit, uh, and you know in regards to best players of all time, he's still a top you know front court player of all time without a doubt. Um, he has to be in your discussion because like I I think just like as a basketball impact. Yeah. Right, he has to be a top. Yo, call me crazy. Impact on basketball, he has to be top ten for sure. I'm not saying like player of a player of all time. He's easily top twenty in my opinion. I think he's like the fourth best forward of all time. Durant might surpass him when it's all said and done. But like yo, like we said before about like he completely eliminated the stigma of being a Euro guy. Now every Euro guy that's a big guy like him, the comparison is oh the next Dirk, the next Dirk. Shit, we drafted Kristaps Porzingis and we're like yo. Hopefully it's the next Dirk. You know, that's the first name that you always hear. So uh, hats off on Dirk Nowitzki and his fantastic first ballot Hall of Fame career. Now let's pivot over to another guy who similarly to Goat Dirk. One uh, of the GOATs. One of the GOATs. um, One of the more impactful players in the league. One of the more selfish players in the league. And that's Dwayne Wade. And what I mean by selfish is... You know, I think one of his biggest accomplishments Imp, was getting LeBron to come down there and then just handing over the keys to the city to LeBron. 
because all reports, you know, the famous report that came out, they went on their famous um, vacation after they lost that first championship to the Mavericks, right? Dirk Nowitzki and the Mavericks. They're on vacation, and Wade said, for us to take the next step, for us to win championships, this is your team. And that says a lot, man. That says a lot. You opening the doors to someone else to come into your town, Wade County. We see the shirts every time we're in Miami and whatnot. Uh, He is a fan favorite. I think he's become the most popular figure in Miami. And if you guys are from Miami, you know, it's like Dan Marino and Dwayne Wade. I don't live in Miami. I love Miami. But I would say Wade has probably surpassed them amongst our generation at least. They're they're already probably planning on building the statue of Dwayne Wade outside – American Airlines arena, without a doubt. The thing about Dan Marino, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but he don't have a ring. And so you kind of put that up against Dwayne Wade's three, and it's not even close. And people always try to, like, you know, people try to always – I don't want to use the term shit on Dwayne Wade, but let's not forget that he was the best player on that Miami Heat team when they won that first ring with Shaq. Without a doubt, he was the best player. Um, and then, like you said, talk about a very selfless player, not selfish, selfless, or the idea where – like you said, after that first season, he says, look, you you have to be the best player on this team. You need to take us. I'll, I'll be Robin to your Batman right now. Uh, and so, you know, like I said, they're building the statue of Dwayne Wade as we speak. And and I don't I don't think it's close. I think he is the clear cut um, most, you know, most uh, – what's the term? Fam- most famous player in Miami history across all sports. I don't think it's even close, to be honest with you. His performance in the 06 playoffs um... – it was Jordan-esque, if you think about this. They were down 2-0 playing the Mavericks. Yo, this is one of my first sports betting memories of all time. I remember being in high school, and I picked the Heat to win the championship when the playoffs started. And I doubled down when they went down 2-0. And in game three, four, and five, 42, 36, 43 points, respectively. Yeah. Uh, and then in game six... Scored 36 points. Uh, they won four straight games. He averaged 34.7 points per game. Third highest scoring average by any player in his first NBA Finals. Yeah. Uh, one of, you know, ESPN, John's Hollinger. Yep. Third, ranks it in the, his top five greatest finals performances since the NBA-ABA merger. I think... Dwayne Wade is without a doubt a lock to be the third best shooting guard of all time um, behind Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. And it's not even close. I can't even think of the next guy up right now. So it, legendary career. Uh, and like you said, a staple in Miami right now. Who know, and, and also he's like a and like the cool thing about him too is he's like a celebrity, right? Like married to Gabrielle Union, like mm-hmm. all that other kind of behind the scenes stuff is really cool as well. Um, so superstar, uh, first battle Hall of Famer without a doubt, third best shooting guard of all time, um, and yeah, just you know they're gonna they're building that statue of him probably on the scorers table or uh, you know they're gonna they're building a statue. I'm not sure of, of what position he'll be in, um, but nonetheless, there's gonna be a statue of Dwayne Wade outside the uh, American Airlines arena. Yeah, and also I I think it says a lot about him that he uh, you know there were some rough times in Miami too. Yeah, and he know? stayed. And, and he, he stayed. stayed. He stayed put where he could have easily gotten up and dipped. I remember there was many rumors of him going to the Bulls because he's from Chicago and whatnot, you know. 
Um, and he, went, he goes there for one year or a year and a half. Was it a year? He went there for one year or a year and a half. I don't even remember. Just about the Chicago. I mean, I don't really – I try to forget that. He went there in 2016-17. He played 59 games for them. Uh, and then he was in Cleveland for like half a season too. Yeah, and then he got traded back to Miami. Yeah, but, you know, he was a guy who – very fun – yo, people forget how dope prime Dwayne Wade was. Like, The Flash was his nickname. And he was really, and he was underrated on defense as well. He was a very underrated defender, without a doubt. As you know, as the years, you know, as the years went on, you know, that's not necessarily the case, but definitely an underrated defender earlier on in his career. All right, so we talked about two legends, right? Let me ask you, whose career would you rather have? Dwayne Wade. Is it because of the rings? It's because of the rings, and it's because he's still the third best player at his position. It's not like he's, but it's like, not, yo. Dirk, I know, Dirk I is, know. So it's like, all right, let's look at forward, right? It's like Larry Bird. I, uh, well, um, L- L- Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, and then like Dirk? Uh, I don't know if I would. Was Dirk, was Larry Bird a, a power forward? Charles Barkley's in the conversation, although he only has zero Kevin Garnett, it's a, it's a tough one. I don't know, man. I feel like Dirk's impact on the game needs to be so. Like, yo, Eli Manning is gonna make the Hall of Fame. Granted, he has two Super Bowls. I get that, but like, he also he's an Iron Man. Up until he got benched for Geno Smith, he was there. I think durability has something. It needs to be said when you talk about someone's greatness, and I think Dirk's impact on the game needs to be mentioned in his greatness. So Dirk is also was the main guy on his team. He never deferred to anyone else where Dwayne Wade had to. Granted, look, both of them countless All-Stars. Uh, Dwayne Wade never won an MVP, if I remember correctly. As I have his his uh, Wikipedia page up here, he has no. He has an All-Star MVP and an NBA Finals MVP. All-NBA first team twice, and then he's been on the third team and second team three times apiece. NBA scoring champion in 09. That's right. Yo, that 09 year prior to LeBron getting there, um, very impactful, man. Very impactful. He had a he had a really good season that year, and he almost got the Heat into the playoffs, I believe. So, all right, you're going with Wade. I'm going with I, Dirk. Yeah, and that's cool, man. It, 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 that's it's a it's not a, it's like, that's one of these situations where it's like, would you rather have Wade's career or Dirk's career? It's like both of them are sensational, so it doesn't really matter which way you go. Um, but I just think I just think overall, like like I said, kind of that celebrity star power that he has, the three rings being the third best at his position. I just think like three rings and being the third best at your position is better than one ring and being second best at your position. All right. That's fair. And, and whatever. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm scrapping here for something, but that's kind of the way I see it. That's fair. And look, both of them first ballot hall of famers. We're not taking either way. Away so. from, from we're, either we're, spl- we're splitting hairs as they say. What did, uh, how did how did both of these guys what they mean to you just as a fan? Because I do think that both of these guys I would categorize them as league pass guys, where you would buy NBA league pass to watch Dirk on a night to night basis, to watch Dwayne Wade on a night to night basis. I think Dirk meant a lot to me because of as a Knicks fan for the whole Porzingis draft. Like I was one of and and I say this all the time. I was one of the few guys that was really excited about when the Knicks draft of Porzingis, and it was all because of Dirk. Like. I kind of saw that stretch big in him, that European stretch big, and 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 it kind of just, I was kind of hopeful and like, oh wow, this guy can be what Dirk is potentially, uh, and so my kind of, like I said, my kind of, I don't want to say lasting memory, but like 
Dirk gave me hope in in the best player that we've drafted in a really long time. So that's kind of my tie to Dirk is just like who he who he could have who our guy could have been was Dirk. You know that was what that's what my tie was. Mm. What about you? Man, the thing with Dirk is, uh, I think he really opened the doors for the non-American player. Yeah, I think I think now you can't just say, "Oh, he's European. He's a Euro classic Euro dude, another Euro dude." You know, sure you've had your Von Yeselis in the past and whatnot, uh, but You're for the Mark most Dottie's. part, yeah, for the most part, man, these Euro dudes nowadays that they come into the league, they come in. I mean, hell, Luka Doncic is gonna win Rookie of the Year, and he's a guy who really balled out, and he's a Euro dude. So I think he's changed the entire stigma as far as Wade goes, man. He was always one of my favorite like players to watch. Yep. He was always fun to watch. Uh, early Dwayne Wade, before like James Harden was getting to the free throw line 11, 12 times, like, yo, Wade was getting there like 10 times a game. Yeah. I remember a lot of people being worried about his body not being able to maintain that wear and tear. And he was always, I always felt like he never missed like jump shots from the elbow. He was like, great he was on that. Just money. And yo, Shady, all NBA defense three times. That's what I'm saying. He was a very underrated defender. I said that before. Dwayne Wade's a very underrated defender. Um, hustle guy too. Always and like one of my favorite memories of Dwayne Wade is the alley oop to LeBron, the LeBron James Dwayne Wade alley oop where he's got his hands out. Yeah, that, that picture should go. You know, should be in the NBA. You know, the Basketball Hall of Fame somewhere. I think I think it will be because yo. Also, that was also when they banged out 27 wins in a row. Yeah, that was like I think that was and they were beating some good teams. You know, that was their revenge tour. That was when Dwayne Wade took a back seat and he's like, yo, LeBron, this is your team. And they were doing fun shit like that all the time, man. They were they were uh, a full court pass, the full court football passes. Yeah, they, they were had a lot of fun. Say what you want about those heat teams, man. They, they when them two were on, they were fun to watch. Yeah. yeah um sure. all right. Uh let's move on over to one of my favorite things to do year in, year out. I think it's a real good judge of a season when you put together your all nba teams and uh this is something that we've discussed in the past off air and now we're able to bring it on air and talk about this uh all nba first second and third teams right for the most part i don't think one game is going to change anything for either of us with one game with the games being played right now like we said earlier in the show in case you missed it Playoff implications are still up in the air. We don't know the seeding, so we cannot do a full NBA playoff preview because we don't know what the matchups are going to be. With that being said, Imp, there are some players that are really going to be glued to the TV when the announcement comes out of who's going to be on the All-NBA team because the Supermax extension is eligible. Uh, there are six players in their next deals that you're talking about a $40, $50 million increase in their pockets, and also about 30% of the salary cap. So, Imp, are you familiar with this Supermax? Do you want to tell the people about it? Yeah, I mean, so basically you you unlock X amount of dollars um, if you, you know, are called, if you are kind of put on one of these all-NBA teams. Uh, and so, you know, there's what, two guards, two forwards, and a center. It's your um, traditional NBA lineup, like 1970s. It's two guards, two forwards, and a center. Yeah. So there needs to be a center. And also, this was created, guys, uh, back in 2017 for the small market teams. For so, your, they, so they, they can keep their, their guy. guy. Yeah, That's why it was made. So, for example, right, some of the guys that are on this list where the player 
had to have been named. So the way it works, right, for you to be eligible for the Super Max Pack this summer, a player has to meet one of the following performance criterias. The player was named to an all-NBA team in 2018-19, which was this year, or in two of the last three seasons. Oh, I didn't know that. The player was named the NBA MVP in any of the three most recent seasons, so Harden, Westbrook, Curry. And then the last one, the player was named the Defensive Player of the Year from 2018-19 or in two of the last three seasons. With All-NBA being announced next month, these are the names of the guys that might get the Supermax imp. Damian Lillard. Deserves it. Kemba Walker. Mm. Clay Thompson. Mm. Bradley Beal. I love Bradley Beal's game. Andre Drummond. Giannis Ndetokounmpo. He deserves it. Of the, of that list, I'm on the fence about giving Clay a supermax. I would give Giannis a supermax in a heartbeat. I would give Dame Lillard a supermax in a heartbeat. Um, I wouldn't give Kemba a, a supermax. Um, but yeah, it's an it's an interesting criteria, and I like it. I like it. I think it's fair too, man, because you know it. it look, in the end of the day, it's hard to walk away from fifty million dollars, folks. Let's be honest. Yeah. If one team is offering me four for one sixty four, and then the other team is offering me. Four for two fourteen. Uh, it's like, listen, I want to win, but especially when I'm a young guy, you know, it seems like young guys. The way it's been, it's been working is, you get your money first, you sign your extension with your team, the bird rights, and then from there you chase the rings later on. So all NBA is a very significant, significant yeah. award that goes out, and I like it because it it gives you. It summarizes the NBA season. Like you could look back at all NBA teams and be like, "Yo, who was, who were the fifteen best players in two thousand four? Oh shit! All right, Chauncey Billups is on that list. You know what I'm saying? It. So it's like it's it it, it it sums up the season well. So Imp, do you want to start off uh, first to third or third to first? Let's go first to third. All right, cool. So look, I put out a video on veterans minimum cheap plug, and from the beginning for about like a month now, I felt like there are three spots that are locks. I want to say we agree on this. The locks being Harden, Giannis, and Curry? Yes. Although, yes, I agree with you that Harden, Curry, and Giannis are on the first team. I agree with you. Although, I can... I'm open to a conversation about Damian Lillard being on the All-NBA first team as a guard over Steph Curry. I'm open to that conversation. I don't agree with it, but as a as a wise man, I'm open to the conversation. Um, and so, look, with Steph, I, I'll, I'll talk about Steph first, and I guess you could talk about James Harden because that's your guy. But the knock on Steph is that he hasn't played 70 games, and I don't think that's enough to bounce him from the first team. Um, what's crazy is he's actually more efficient this season than he's ever been, and he's a two-time MVP. So that kind of helps you put this season into perspective. Um, close to 28 points a game. Um, you know, very, very close to that 50, 40, uh, and 90. He's at, I think he's at like 47, 43, and, and he's probably over 90%. So whatever he lacks on the 50% side of shooting, generally, he's over that at three point when he's shooting 43% from three. Um, so Steph Curry's my, you know, my, 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 my all NBA first team point guard uh, or just guard in general. Uh, like I said, the only knock is because he hasn't played over 70 games. And we'll talk about Dame a little bit later, but the the argument for Dame 
is he's way more available. Um, he's probably going to be play play over seventy games without a doubt. Yeah, so I have it right here in front of me. So with Lillard, you're looking at he's going to play eighty one games unless he sits this last game of the regular season. He has eighty games, twenty five point eight, four point six, and six point nine assists. Uh, the Blazers potentially are going to be a top four seed. And then you look at Curry. Curry is probably going to sit in the last home game of the year. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, well, breaking news. Day to day, going to sit. He'll return for the playoffs. But he's averaging 27, 5, and 5. Uh, he has played 70 games. I think so. Imp, what's like your criteria with, with doing All NBA? Because a guy who he kind of made my lineup. By default, because there's not that many like forwards, it's it's like Kawhi. Kawhi Kawhi, he played about like sixty five games, but what's your what's your what's your cutoff where you have to play a certain amount of games? I think it's over sixty, but the but see for me it's fluid because with Kawhi, the problem with Kawhi is he didn't play a lot, but the team won without him. Mm-hmm. That's why Kawhi has bounced down my list a bit. If I'm not mistaken, I have Kawhi on my my uh, my third team. If I'm not mistaken, my All NBA third team, and that's because look, you have to take into account team success without a doubt. The Raptors are a great team, but they were great without him in a sense. Their record is really good without him, and their splits on and off are are good without him. Um, so that's why you kind of have to take it. It's it, it, for me. It's it's kind of like a it's like it's like a melting pot of a lot of different things. It's team success. It's individual success. It's value to your team. It's kind of a lot of things in one, in my opinion. Availability. Um, it's a, it's a lot. It's a it's a lot that goes into this for sure. Um, all right. So we we've kind of jumbled around, right? So I got my All NBA first team: Curry, Harden, Giannis. I put Jokic at center. Yeah, I got Jokic as my center too, man. I, I, once again, so it's like he, he's pretty much played every single game for the most part. Um, they Which might second, finish as the two seed. Yeah. Uh, you get rewarded for that. Um, so best player on a team that at one point was leading the West. Yeah. And look, and let me give you something else on Jokic. Um, the argument for all NBA first team is Jokic and Embiid right now. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm leaning Jokic because he played 77 games in relation to Embiid 63. When it's neck and neck like that, you got to give it to the guy that's played 14 more games and has the more team success. Embiid, Embiid may have better numbers all around, especially on defense. But at the end of the day, Jokic is on the is the best player on the second best team in the West, and he's no slouch. Um, dude, close to averaging a triple double at a, at the center. Yeah. At the center position, he's close to averaging a triple double, shooting over fifty percent from the field, seven and a half dimes. Um, the Nuggets took that next step because of Jokic's breakout season. So, um, in this scenario, I'm um, crediting, uh, I'm factoring and accrediting team success. So, um, I got Jokic as my center, Giannis as my forward, um, and then you know we may disagree here, but I have Kevin Durant as nah, my forward. I actually. At Paul George. Yeah. And yeah. that's fine. Let me give you the argument for Kevin Durant. No, no, no. Um, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, I, you are? Okay. I ended up going with Kevin Durant because, like, Paul George, he hurt his shoulder post-All-Star game. It wasn't uh, the same. The Thunder, the Thunder kind of fell apart. Granted, look, Russell Westbrook started going nut and shooting, like, 27 times per game, and that's one of the reasons why I really liked Paul George as an MVP candidate, and he fizzled out, mostly because the shots that he was taking at a high percentage, Westbrook was taking them at a low percentage. And it became that thing with Russ where he just went gunshot and not not gunshot. He just started gunning from everywhere. 
And it hurt. It hurt Paul George. I think that played Paul George out of All-NBA first team. So I agree with you. It seems like we have the same All-NBA first team. Yeah. Um. Just to kind of touch on, on Durant, I think we're kind of numb to how great he is. Yeah. It's like he's the best player on the best team in the Western Conference. I got to take. Um, I think he's the best player in the league right now. I think he's the fine. best basketball player in the world right now. At this we're very numb. moment, I would take him over LeBron. And he and, and another thing is he gets knocked for playing with Curry and Clay and Draymond. He gets knocked for playing with a better team, and rightfully so. But at the end of the day, I think we're just numb to how good he is. Um, it's look, it's Durant fatigue now. And 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 now and now this is a situation where you want to compare Paul George and Kevin Durant. Now let's compare team success. The Warriors are a way better team with all due respect than the Thunder. And so it's it's like maybe if the Thunder were like a two seed or a three seed, right? It's a different conversation, um, but I think right now um, it's 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 a uh, it's 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 um, KD over Paul George. Look, Paul George had a tremendous span of twenty games earlier in the season, like you said, but he cooled off, got hurt, um, and yes, he's better on defense. Um, but I think KD has improved in that department as well. So, uh, with for me, slight edge KD um, for All NBA first team. Yeah, so just to reiterate, our All-NBA first teams are Curry, Harden at the guard position. Our two forwards are Durant and Giannis and Jokic at the center position. Excuse me. Yeah. So basically, you know, th- these might pick up a little bit because yeah, it seems like both of us have Damian Lillard yes. as the guard. So we and, agree with that. And Embiid. And, and, for sure. But really quickly, like I said, you can make a case. You can so- And like I said, you can listen to the argument. You can make a case that um, – Lillard should be on the first team ahead of Curry because of his value to the Blazers and because of the team, you know, like the availability and his value to the team, right? Like you take, oh, although I kind of take that back because you know how you see the, how the Warriors are without Curry. Yeah. But they have all-stars across the board there. When, when you take Lillard off the Blazers, they probably don't even make the playoffs. They probably don't even sniff the playoffs. Um, and now so, you're looking at them like at the moment, they could potentially get the yeah. two seed if things fall into place. Yeah. But they're the four seed right now. They're, they're no matter what, they'll be the four seed. Worst comes to worst. Only Curry and Harden have more points per game at the point guard position than Damian Lillard's twenty six. Um, and and dude, another thing, man, take a look at that roster, the Blazers roster. How the hell did they win fifty two, fifty three games? It's kind of baffling to me, right? Um, and so he's more. This is another guy that has become more efficient this year than last, and he was an All NBA guy last year. So listen, man. If if someone was to tell me that they have Dame Lillard over Steph Curry on their All NBA first team, I would disagree. But I, I but I wouldn't call you crazy. I, I would listen to what you got to say. Yeah, that's fair. I'm kind of in the same boat with you on that. Also, yeah. and look, jo- Joel Embiid. I think um, you can make the same case that we're yep. making for Dame and Curry with Jokic and Embiid. Yeah, right? Embiid also he's averaging. I have his stats right here in front of me. Joel Embiid is averaging 27 and 13, close yeah. to 14 rebounds per game, and uh, he's the true. heart and soul of that team. If you haven't been watching the Sixers, he's coming off a monster performance. He had a 50 spot against the um, – the. oh, no, no, sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm reading something else. Um, no, no, look, 60, 60 double-doubles, a couple triple-doubles. And you're talking about some monster like double-doubles, like 28 and 18, shit but, like that. And the, but the one thing about Embiid that a lot of people fail to realize is he is going to finish in the top three in defensive player of the year voting. Yeah. And it probably won't even be close. Probably one of the better rim, one of the best rim protectors in the league without a doubt. And like you said, 27 points, 13 boards, two blocks a game. 
Um, and, and he's averaging career highs across the board, 48% from the field. Um, so I, I like I like the entire mix for Embiid on the defensive side, you know, dominant rim protector, dominant inside the paint, uh, and he, and his shooting has gotten better this year as well. So Embiid, without a doubt, is a lock for the number for the for the All NBA Second Team. I I have an interesting guard, man. I'm not sure if you agree, but I have Kyrie. Um, Kyrie on second. Oh, Kyrie is my second team guard. Uh, only guard in the NBA, averaging at least 23 points, 48% from the field. Uh, similar to Dame and Curry, becoming more efficient this season, um, which bodes well for uh, uh, you'd call uh, you'd call Kyrie a shoot first point guard. So the fact that he's getting more efficient, um, I think, is a benefit to him. He's a, he has a career high in assists right now and rebounds, um, and he has six games of over 30 points and 10 dimes, which is fourth in the NBA. And I think personally. The the, the the Celtics overall uh, didn't have a great season, you know, as a whole. They finished mm-hmm. with the fourth seed in the East. A lot of people expected them to probably be the best team in the East. I know I did. Um, and look, it's still early, right? Like, uh, call me well, crazy, but I, they, I have the Celtics coming out of the East, though. Yeah. Um. So, you know, let let's not kind of let's not write the Celtics off this too soon. Um. Yeah. Look, the Celtics didn't have the season that everybody anticipated. Um. And it's probably kind of you know, hampering everyone's thoughts on him. So um, I have Kyrie as my second team guard. Um, although, you know, there's a couple other dudes that you can put up there for sure. Yeah, I um, shit, this might get crazy. I don't have him on All NBA at all. That's fine. That that's absolutely fine. I have Russ on All NBA second. second team. Yeah, uh, averaging a triple double once again, three straight years, and uh, he's not going to finish in top five back to back years in MVP. So. I was on the right side of history. I, with, that, with that being for said, Ru- I have Russ on my third team. Russ. 20, 23, 11, and 10, right? Um, say what you want about him as a player. Uh, you know, Speaking for myself as someone who's been very critical of him, um, the, the stats are just too much to keep him off All-NBA second team, especially where you know he's played 72 games as well. Um, look, does he shoot them out of games? Yeah, but he's one of the 15 best players in the league. I'd say he's one of the 10 best players in the league. So... For me, the way it's looking is Dame, Russ, Embiid, Paul George, and I got Kawhi Leonard, man. On the Kawhi, second team. All second team, yeah. And here's why, right? As I have Kawhi's stats in front of me, you know, we're forgetting just how good he is because he hasn't really, you know, he's only played 60 games, right? 26 points per game, seven rebounds per game. Never was an assist guy. I remember hearing a stat how he's never had more than eight assists in a game in his yeah. career. So that's not a saying. And defensively, he's one of the better defenders in the league. Uh, especially, you know, he. I think he is one of the best two-way players in the league. I'm not really going out on a limb here. But, you know, the knock on him is that anytime he doesn't play, the the Raptors still win, and they have a winning record without him. But yeah. I think what he means to this team and the upside for this team, it's because of Kawhi Leonard. So I'm going with Kawhi Leonard on All-NBA second team. He's on my third team, and it's kind of just because of, like I mentioned earlier before, it's the fact that the team is winning without him but that's still not to say he's not the best two-way player in the nba because he absolutely is um you know that i think he's one of the only players to rank in the top 10 in points per game and steals per game uh i think it's 27 points per game and close to two steals a game um if he played more this season you can make a case in my opinion for second team um but i like where i have him on my second team i have blake griffin Ooh. Um, and that may be hot, and that's fine. No, I have but, him on my list. He's on my third team, but all right. Second team is good. 
playing out of his world. He's taking his game to the next level. He's hit yo, this is kind of crazy to me. He hit more threes the other night against OKC, which was nine. He hit nine threes the other day. That was more than he hit his entire rookie season. Mm-hmm. That, um that just puts everything into perspective. Yeah, the um, game's changed and he's really adapted to how the new NBA is. And you know, they're playing for a playoff spot too. I know our buddy Josh is like sweating it out. Um 25 a game, 25 points a game, eight boards, five dimes while shooting 50% from the field. Blake is such an underrated passer. Um and yeah, Blake Griffin's on my 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 all NBA second team without a doubt. And you've you've already touched on Paul George, so um I want to just touch on one little thing on Paul George. Um, to put his season into perspective, he'll become the second player in NBA history to average 26 points, eight boards, three and a half assists, and two steals. The other guy, Michael Jordan, who only posted those numbers once. Mm. Um, so I've heard that name before. Yeah, without a doubt, that's the best shoot. That's the best player of all time. Uh, and so that kind of helps put Paul George's season into perspective. Although I do have him on my second team. I want to go, to, and then you have Russ on your second team. I have Russ on my third team. Paul George's kind of emergence, I think, put a shadow over Russ. Um, look, Russ, like you said, averaging a triple-double. Um, and, you know, I personally, you know, there are a couple other guards that you could put here. Like, I have Kemba and Russ as my guards on the third team. I take team success um, into account. Of course. So, I like, like Bradley Beal is without a doubt – He's deserving of the All NBA team, in my opinion, but he's on the bum ass Wizards. Yeah, and so for me, it's tough to pick Bradley Beal over a Kemba or Bradley Beal over a Russ, um, just because of how bad the team is. Granted, the 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 Hornets aren't in the playoffs and they're fighting for their life right now, but it's the idea that Kemba, um, yeah, he's on a terrible team, but they're fighting for the playoffs, um, and he was the All Star starter. Would you agree that? There's five locks for all NBA guards. And then I think there's three guys that could be that sixth guard. And for me, it's Curry, Harden, Dame, Russ, and you have Kyrie, right? So I think it's between like Kemba, Beal, and Kyrie for that sixth spot. Yeah. And it's all good. So I I have... I think it's all it's all personal preference. Yeah. So I have I, I'm gonna show love to Bradley Beal because for as bad as the team was, he balled out. He wasn't the reason that they fell apart. He's played every single game this year. Um, twenty five, five and five, uh, monster games. Uh, I believe he's had a fifty point game too this year. Um, and look, he's playing with you know John Wall, his running mate, isn't back there. Yeah. He, he's he's. Worth the price of admission going to Wizards games. Yes, for sure. Right? So I want to show him love. I think he's been one of the top players in the league this year. I'm also <laughs> going to show love to Kemba for the same reasons, man. Kemba, all-star starter. Granted, it was in Charlotte, so maybe that's the reason why, but he deserved to be on it. He was one of the better players. To, you know, shit, he was an MVP candidate in the beginning of the year. We're talking about like 25, 30 games into the season. But I'm I'm leaving Kyrie off. And the reason why I'm not putting Kyrie on my list, and I know I'm going to get heat for this, is Yo, he kind of had a whack year. Like, it seemed like... All right, so he's averaging 20, 20, almost 24 points a game, 5 and 6. But, like, the Celtics underperformed. He's really underperformed. 
Like, it, it doesn't seem like he's had a monster season. And look, could they just be cruising until the playoffs? I think so. I think they're going to be a sleeping giant that no one's going to want to play. But the one thing going for Kyrie, have you seen his uh, this new analytics stat, uh, clutch field goal percentage? He hits nothing but big buckets. So he ha- he's like 24 of 39 in shots under three minutes in one possession games. So he's unbelievable from that aspect. But I just think from like a overall team perspective, I'm leaving Kyrie off. So my guards are Beal and Kemba. I'm going Blake, All-NBA third team forward for the reasons that Impy mentioned. Yeah. I'm going with Rudy Gobert at my center. Um, Granted, team success once again. Now, I know I'm a little hypocritical because like I'm crediting Beal, but he's not having team success. Yeah. But then I'm faulting Carl Anthony Towns, who should be an All-NBA caliber kind of player. And I have Rudy Gobert in because the Jazz are a better team. And then, yo, I'm going with LeBron at forward just because I struggled to find another forward imp. I don't know how you feel about that, but LeBron is like LeBron's, uh, he's on my thir- LeBron's on my third team. Yeah, he, his stats are like it's twenty-seven, eight and eight, and he had a bad year. Yeah, yeah, literally twenty-seven, eight and eight, and a bad year. And then I have Towns as well, one of seven players averaging twenty points, uh, ten boards, uh, and he also, by the way, shot forty percent from three. Um, for a center, that's super impressive as well. So, um, and then I have Ben Simmons on my on my third team as the forward. Uh, the quiet, quiet season for Ben Simmons, but he's definitely showed out for sure. He can't hit a jump shot, and that's fine. Um, but but I but I like Ben Simmons as well. Very interesting. I completely forgot about Ben Simmons, uh, yeah. another guy who I thought would take a monster lead forward this year, and he kind of just gave you what he gave you gave us last year. Problem with the Sixers is they have like four different guys that are averaging eighteen points a game, so it's just like they have a lot of mouths to feed, and 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 so like with Jimmy Butler getting there, but Tobias Harris getting getting there. Uh, different look um yeah it's a more yeah, balanced that, approach there that, uh, but that wraps up the uh the all nba for me without a doubt yeah all right it, do you want to just like run through like what we got one more time just because yeah, I, I do think that we might have confused a little bit yeah back to back people. so all right i'll, all I'll lead right. off Go. all nba first team curry harden Giannis, durant Jokic, dame westbrook Kawhi, paul george and bead is my all nba second team and then for all NBA third team, I got Kemba, Bradley Beal, LeBron James, Blake Griffin, and Rudy Gobert. All right. All first team guards, Harden, Steph, forward, uh, Durant, Giannis, Jokic at the center. All NBA second team, Dame at the guard, Kyrie at the guard, Paul George, um, uh, uh, Blake and Embiid. Uh, Embiid at the center, Blake at the forward. Third team, Russ, Kemba, uh, Kawhi, LeBron, um, uh, and then, uh, and then towns. There you so, have it, folks. Have Let's it, folks. see uh, what we have when the list is announced for all NBA teams. Let's uh, see how. Let's see how close we get. Yeah, this was a really fun episode and a lot of uh, interesting debates here. Hats off once again to Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade on yes. first ballot Hall of Fame careers, without a doubt. And this is where the fun starts, guys. A lot of people like to cruise through the regular season and not really care about it. Uh, we've been giving you these updates on a weekly basis. We'll continue to be giving you these updates on a weekly basis. No yep. full NBA playoff preview because we don't know what the seeding is going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, real quick, just off the top, what's like your biggest uh, – what's the one thing you're looking forward to the most, NBA playoffs? Just like, you know, like in like 15 seconds or less. Uh, 15 seconds or less. Uh, I'm looking forward to the – I don't know. I'm looking forward to some of these upsets in the first round. 
I, I, I could definitely see like a six beating a three or a seven beating a two. I'll never, we'll never see an eight beat a one. Um, but you know, something like that will happen. I think that this Rockets team is the the best team that's going to run into the Warriors since the Warriors have formed this super team. I think this yeah. Rockets team is better than the Rockets team of last year. Now let's see if that hamstring holds up for Chris Paul because it will be fun. I do think these teams are going to match up again in the Western Conference Finals. So yeah. with that being said, Imp, where can they find you? IMPY718. You already know Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at The Lamb Show, Twitter, Instagram, and on Twitch. At Veterans Minimum is the center and the handle for Let's get it. Instagram and Twitter. And, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week with some playoff updates. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.